You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. This is Grand Design Podcast with DJ and Jerry Grand, where we link the chains of reason of sports, politics, and culture. Welcome to the Grand Design Podcast, episode 12. If you want to get in touch with us, go to granddesignpodcast.com for our website. You can email us at granddesignspodcast at Yahoo. Instagram is Grand Design Podcast, and Twitter to follow us is at Grand Designs Pod. Um, today's episode is about sports van behavior, but before we get into that, uh, there's a little update for episode seven where we talked about equality in sports, basically about transgender. Um, this is from April 11th of this year. Every House Democrat but one co-sponsors bill intended to let biological male athletes compete against females in public schools. So it's gotten into the government. Really? Yes. Wow. So they're actually saying that even if it's unequal, because I think a uh, transgender male becoming a female is unequal. Let them have it. I'm not sure what university they're now admitting transgender. It's an all female school, but they're admitting the boys who want to become females, or it could be the or other way around. But females. either way, they're, they're they're allowing that to be an admission. Well, this isn't sports, but did you hear what happened in Alaska? A uh, transgender who went from female to male went into a boys' bathroom in a high school and took a picture of it, posted it on Snapchat. The next day, there was a small riot where eleven boys went into the female, saying that they were identifying as female, went into the gr- girl's bathroom. One of the one of the girls was in there, kicked a boy in his private parts. Uh, and yeah, she got suspended and the uh, liberals were up in arms or the feminists because she got suspended. This this is all because of this identifying as a female male. It's only going to get worse. It's getting out of control. Yeah. Were they, yes. were they just joking like the kids or were they actually being serious? No, they were the, – the boys, they were upset. And then what what made them mad, what pissed them off was she posted on, on social media on Snapchat. Yeah. Had she just did it without the bragging of it, I think everything would have been fine. But she went into bragging, oh, look at what this looks like, showing everybody and then – this happened in Alaska. It's just a bathroom. Jeez. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I always thought the women's bathrooms are supposed to be nicer because they're supposed to smell better, like have perfume and shit. So. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. It's true. But the point is, I just wanted to update that it's gone beyond just the sports field. Now now it's in the legislature. They are making it a, a law. And I think what the law is uh, – the Equality Act uh, broadly amends civil rights legislation to allow discrimination against LGBTQ people. So they're actually making it the law that you have to allow transgenders. I, I think I also read after that episode we did where someone got their skull cracked. It was a male fighter went into a female. We had, did we talk about? Yeah, we, we talked about that. That happened. Yeah. Okay, all right. Yeah, I think she broke the orbital bone. What was her name? Yeah. Fanny? What was yeah, I forgot her name. I thought it was something different too. than that, but okay. Right. I forgot her name too. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I think we did address that. 
anyways, just wanted to give you a little update on on what we were talking about earlier. Now let's get into the sports behavior and uh, how fans can somehow both make it better, the environment better, and ruin it. Yes, it, really, it all starts with sports radio, the, the talk show. Uh, we'll go back to the mid-90s, maybe early, early 90s, when Mitch Album came out with the uh, first Sunday two-hour talk, and it just blew up. Now, ever since then, fans, they think they're the GM, scout, owner. They know everything. They pay their salary, and they have a right to say, get rid of them, fire them, and so forth. And it's really out of control now, especially with the Detroit Lions draft going on right now. Look, Quinn, uh, Patricia, I'm not even going to go into the Fords, but these guys know what they're doing. They have their own game plan. And for these fans to come out and say, if they draft this, they're going to burn the city. If they don't draft this person, when they've already signed some free agents, like, for example, uh, Mel Kuyper's got them picking a, a tight end. One fan called in and said, if they draft the tight end in the first round, they'll burn the city down. What if it's the best the tight end well, happens to be the best player available when that comes around? Now, this tight That's end foolish. is... is scouted to be now you know how this goes it's all prediction so it can pan out it may not but he's the next Gronkowski quick tall wide receiver blocker uh that's why he is high up in the rankings and the, the Lions don't have a tight end but see they just signed the Pittsburgh uh Steelers Jesse James so I don't think they're going to need that my point of bringing this up is that fan who called in and said he was going to burn the city down because these guys picked this person this fan I don't know what he does thinks he knows more and this all comes from the, 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 lately, the sports radio is just being lit up with just people. For example, I think I called you one day and told you it got out that Iserman might go to the Rangers. The whole talk from the remainder was how the city would be burned down, no more Red Wings, fired uh, whoever didn't let, uh, whoever didn't hire Iserman and let him go to the Rangers. No, it's Ellis, all, it? Well, Illich's son, but they're talking more of, I, I'm not sure who hires the president of operations because that's where he's going to go for New York. The point is, these fans boycotting, just outrageous that Iserman would even, and most of them were saying they'd be mad at him because he went, went to the Rangers. He, this is his career. He can't better himself. As far as I last I knew, uh, I think Devilano was the president of operations and Holland's the GM. I think the premise is wrong. They're coming from the premise that Eisman actually is from Detroit. He just played here. He's not well, from Detroit. He knows he owes zero loyalty I agree. to the city. Even the hosts were saying they would be mad at Eisman for saying yes to the Rangers when it, Detroit's not even offered. I mean, it's okay to go to Tampa Bay, but don't you go to any of the original six or even a rival, God forbid, it's Toronto. See, the problem is he was, they were all looking for him to be the GM, the savior, and replace Holland, but he's going to be at least was it was interviewed to be the president Correct. of the Rangers. I don't even think that's on the table to be the president of the Red Wings. I would that's a better job. Why wouldn't you go there? That's where it gets even funnier because you know what the fans are saying? Make it the job. Whoever's in Detroit, make whatever Eiserman's getting in New York, make it. Do it. But so do here we realize go again. that he won't be making or the GM makes a day to day decision, so he won't be making the decisions that's, to save the, the team like you do at Tampa they Bay. They have no clue. Yet they're sitting here demanding that Detroit do whatever it takes to fire these guys who are currently the president just because Eiserman might be going to New York. Now, this was a New York Post article. And again, it got Detroit all riled up. They're still talking about it today. See, that's they're, they're arguing from emotion. They're really taking because Eiserman was part of bringing the championship, the Stanley Cup to Detroit for those years. They're arguing that, that they want that love back again from the feeling. And it, it doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to get it back. We should probably mark this podcast because I'm telling you now, this year, 
the next upcoming season for the Lions are going to get screwed on this new pass interference uh, uh, review. And they're just going <laughs> to call up the next day like they did after the Dallas game, how they got job from that pass interference flag that got picked up when they talked about it. Because now it is, they're going down and the Lions made a great play. All right, but now the other coach can throw that flag to review that it was interference. Now, you slow any play down in slow motion, you'll see every ticky-tack, grab, whatever, and it could be interpreted as pass interference. So now what, the Lions had a good play? They're now going to get screwed again because of the rule that they're championing. Now, it's more New Orleans, but the Lions are on it too because they got jobbed two years ago in the Dallas playoff. The point being is the, the fans will light up that radio show the referee, just death threats, you name it. <laughs> the- well, it can work both ways. If it, it turns out to be a play in their benefit, they're going to love the rule. But when it goes against them, then they're going to be all up in arms and, and pissed because they got ripped off. In the Lions history, when has anything ever gone their way good? Well, no, ever. I agree. But we're talking about individual plays now. And an individual play can, I mean, a call could end up being in their favor one or two times. I get times. your point, but my point is odds are it's going to screw the Lions. And their fans are just going to get all elusive. Illusions of grandeur, how they're now the ref, they see it better from their couch, drinking beer, you know, critiquing. And then it goes over to the next week about whatever topic. Right now, it's, it's the Pistons in the draft. And it's and we've talked about it earlier, uh, the, the Red Wings and tanking, how they won the last couple games and they're not going to get Jack Hughes now. So here we go again. The, the fans are upset with the wings, okay. the fans, for I not to, losing. I need to address We've that. talked about I this. I need to address that Jack Hughes situation. Because as it was, Ottawa, well, they traded to Colorado. Avalanche, right. But Ottawa had the best pick, and they ended up number four. So even if they did lose and become in last place, they could have had still the fourth pick. They still wouldn't have gotten Hughes because of the lottery. They don't understand the nature of the draft. Correct. That's a foolish, foolish argument. They're thinking that if they tanked and they came in last, they would have gotten Jack Hughes. I still think for That's uh, an assumption. the Rangers and the Blackhawks to get the second and third pick is what really got them upset because they went from four to six. And the Rangers and Blackhawks went from like 12 and 13 to the top That three. only helps my argument out because they you don't know what your situation is going to be. You don't know what your draft position is going to be because of the lotto. Okay. So they drop from four to six because of the lotto. But for the purpose of this, here we go again with the fans not understanding and then calling and thinking they know more than their GM, whoever it may be, for the sport that they're calling to complain about. And it's every day. When you listen to 97, any sports talk, that's all the fans do. They just complain how they know better. They know how to better the play calling, the player acquisitions. They're even saying now that we should go out and get, for example, sign someone like R. Kelly. As long as he can score a touchdown and hit the home run, it doesn't matter anymore. Well, that, that, that's our fans, though. That's pragmatism there. Just I talked about that. However, I know I've brought this up in the past, but a lot of this has to blame – I have to blame EA Sports – and their video games, and I love their video games, but they get they get to playing, and they think, and they have to make trades in those games, and they think that it's just like that. They can go out and do it and get their own, even though they probably set it on easy mode. They probably yeah. get they probably get it from that that they think they can probably Madden from anybody because that's I think the game where you not can, just Madden, well, all of them, NBA yeah, but NBA and NHL. It's it's not just Madden. The point is they allow you to be a GM basically yeah. in those games, and all of a sudden because you won in that season, you think you can go in the real world and be a GM in the real world. And in fact, if I'm not mistaken, GMs aren't paid to win; they're paid to fill the seats. You know, you're correct. I did. Uh, 
back in the, about 10 years ago, took a course on to be a GM scout. And the GMs are not paid to literally do any acquisition of the talent. Although if you, if you figure it out, if you get a good talent, number one pick, it fills the seats. Not always, but they are paid to fill the seats. And a good example is this year in the NBA. The, the Sacramento Kings made the playoffs, I believe, and they fired their coach. And they just hired the, the uh, Lakers coach, Luke Walton. The guy did good. He the team was horrible, and he did a good job, and he got canned. I don't know the situation. It depends on on what was going down, what happened. I don't know. Was the locker room in, in disarray? I, I don't know. It depends on the situation. I don't I, think he lost the team because they actually were doing better than the Lakers. They actually, uh, I think they had beaten the, I think they swept the Lakers. They may have been the eighth seed. Either way, they were a team that were that were coming up. And yet, it was more like the fans calling it and just outraged. I think at the end, they wanted they wanted to tank for uh, the pick coming out, who, uh, who, Zion Williamson. And they caught on real quick and ended up making the playoffs eight seed. They're going to get obliterated by the Warriors. So you think it was the fans calling on radio talk, sh- talk shows that I'm pretty got sure that, him fired? Really? I'm pretty sure the Sacramento Kings, this guy is a fan-related owner. I mean, he takes the... It, uh, there was an article a couple years ago. Even on the talk, we were talking about this guy that was they basically listened to the fans on what they wanted, and pretty much to make them happy because he went along with trying to appease them. You pay their salaries. You, well, you wonder where did he get it from? He just told them, even though it's not true. That's the whole point. He just told them he was it. appeasing the fans, and then he gave like the fans had some power, and their talk shows just lit up. They even got uh, Chris Webber, I believe he paid for uh, played for the Kings, and they got screwed. We talked about the officials screwed them out of an NBA title, and that was over uh, draw because they were who wanted to see? Would you rather see the Boston Celtics and the Kings or the Boston Celtics and LA Lakers in the finals? And I'm not asking you, the NBA officials. But those GMs are paid to fill the seats, period. If those seats aren't filled, they're going to lose their jobs. Well, that's my point. I don't think they would the, – the average fan would be lost because it, that's – it's not the job is not to win. It's it's not to – I mean, it's great if you do win because that'll, that'll fill the seats, but the job primarily is to I fill the I think you said it before a couple of podcast episodes ago that it's jealousy. They're just jealous of the fact that, look, it's a kid's game and these GMs and coaches are being paid. Look at Harbaugh. I, mean, I think he's done a great job in Michigan, making $7 million a year, and yet he is being trolled because he hasn't won. He hasn't won a Big Ten championship. He hasn't taken him to Indianapolis. He's just being trolled. And for what where the program was when he took it over, I think he's done an all right job. I'm, I'm More than all right. What, what uh, Rich Rodriguez and Brady Hoke did was, was they, abysmal for, compared were to they what, taken it what and where Harbaugh's it, doing now. What he's brought it back to, I would agree. But there we go again. Fans think they know more than Harbaugh, and he's making seven million. I could make seven million and do a better job than him. So it's that jealousy that it's the money they want to make that money, uh, which gets in. I don't know how you want to but, see, the, but he got that seven million based on what he did prior. Correct, what he did with San Francisco and Stanford. Correct, and, absolutely. And so all these athletes are paid on what they did. jumping into the job is not going to get you a seven million dollar salary. But when you got these people who are jealous. Because they think they can do it for that seven million, whatever seven figure salary, then it turns into stuff like this. Oh, I agree. I agree. The other part is, now I've been to a couple uh, last line games that I went to. Uh, I wasn't really a fan of the Dolphins, like I was, and you know, back in the day, I was a big Miami Dolphin fan. The couple games that I went to in the Silverdome, it wasn't pleasant, just because you wore a different color. I mean, I literally got nothing was thrown at me, but some of these comments were pretty. Pretty vulgar because I was wearing a different color. 
And they actually, here's the bad part. They beat the Dolphins, and they still, because I was wearing that, had to – and it wasn't like a college where it was a good, clean uh, – it was, like, vilified. They were just upset. How could you wear that in here? It's my favorite team. Well, I can give you an example of someone who is a very smart man outside of sports fan behavior and loses it when he becomes a sports fan. On your podcast, Ryan, you, you brought up Gary Vaynerchuk or one of your guests did. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he's a Jet fan. In fact, one of his goals is become the uh, the own the, the New York Jets. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I know who you're talking about. I've listened to a couple of his podcasts, and he has literally said that he has gone and bullied kids and old men if they're not wearing a Jet jersey to the Jets. See, I got a problem with that. Yeah, this guy is a smart guy. I yeah. mean, when it comes to social media and business, he know. I mean, he's right now he's a billion dollar business. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to being a sports fan, his behavior is atrocious. That is wrong. 100% wrong. Could make me feel, I didn't want to go back. Hell, the Lions even won. Most of the time when they lose, oh, watch out. If you're wearing that, um, I have an article here, the Dodgers and uh, Giants, who are enemies, don't like each other, because he wore a Giants jersey, two Dodgers fans, they killed him. No, I'm sorry, they didn't kill him. Beat him up so bad that he's near death. He's a paraplegic, uh, cracked his brain. And they're in jail for eight years. And when he was all for a meaningless sports, he was attacked for wearing the Giants jersey. He got sucker punched. When he hit the cement, he got knocked out. The guys who hit him kicked him and said, that's what you get for wearing that shirt. That's what you get for coming to a game to enjoy it. Um, And this guy was a a paramedic who got attacked. These guys were serving eight-year sentences. But eight years, this guy's forever. He needs care for the rest of his life. I mean, it's a sad situation. I was mistaken for another situation. What do you know? It's a San Francisco and the Dodgers again where this guy was stabbed to death over wearing a Dodgers jersey. So it goes both ways. A Dodger killed the uh, harmed or maimed Giant fan, and the Giants literally stabbed a a Dodger fan to death. So when you break it down to the basic level— he was killed because of the color of the threads he wore on his jersey. It's all like, you know, gang signs, like all that. You know what I mean? This is irrational. Yeah. Absolutely. In fact, no, we're, we, they're not illegal gangs, criminal yeah. gangs, but they're gangs. It's, it they, comes they have, down to it if you're putting your life on the line. If yeah. you're going to hurt someone yeah. over wearing another color, you're a gang. You're just yeah. a gang member. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, it's that alcohol. That's part of well, the problem to too. Fuel it. I yeah. mean, they get that liquor courage in them, and they think they can they can beat anybody up or take anyone down. Or now, say anything they want. Yeah. I, yes. I don't fault the people who want to have a good time, but a lot of people just tailgate a Lions game for the tailgating sake. They have no intention of going inside. Some of these guys get liquored up, and then when they go in, they even drink even more. The price of the beer, as crazy as it is, is irrelevant. And it is just I – mean, there were a couple of Monday Night Football games where it was a brawl up in the upper bowl. I mean, it was a silver dome. That's in Detroit now. So when they get liquored up, I think that's really a part of the problem. That liquid courage takes over. They think, you know, because you're wearing the enemy's colors, that they now can have every right to go and chastise you, really, to do anything they want. Physical violence. Back in the day, it was just the college game's a little different. You've been to a hockey game in the U of M, and that's a fun atmosphere. This wasn't fun. This was, they were mad because they lost, and now you're going to pay for it. I have a low opinion of Detroit sports fans. I know being from Detroit is going <laughs> to admit a lot, but I really do. I can tell you a story. When I went to the Pittsburgh Civic Arena before it closed down to see Muriel Lemieux, and I didn't get to see him because he got hurt, but I went there with my wife. She wore a Red Wing jersey, and I wore the Penguin jersey. There were Detroit fans who had came to see them, fo- followed the Red Wings, 
who harassed me in a foreign um, arena, not even in the Detroit arena. Yeah. They couldn't believe it. They would come over and talk to me and couldn't believe that I was from Detroit and I was wearing a Pittsburgh jersey. They gave me a, a hard time because of it. And it's, it's, and, and I didn't get hurt. I didn't get threatened, but I can see where that can lead yeah, to. Yeah, yeah. Well, guy used to work with Sun Insurance is a Nashville fan. He's from Nashville. The one thing he hated was when uh, Detroit would take over that. When they be- began as an expansion team, Detroit would just fill it up and take it over. And they would just come down and they would throw, how many cups you got? How many cups you got? Not even bringing up the fact that Montreal probably destroys them in the amount they have. 24 to 11. Montreal's 24. But they wanted, they wanted to 11. let the Nashville fans know that they had 11 cups and Nashville had zero. They were an expansion team. It was just it's borderline arrogance, even though they were good. It was the fan, though, the fan to come this down is, and just do that. This was, is part of my problem with Detroit fans. They totally forget about the fact in the 80s that they were known as the Dead Wings. Well, they totally forget about that. It doesn't matter. Only matters they put parentheses around their – Michigan State fans do this too. They put parentheses around their wins because they don't – when they're abysmal and bad, let, way, way in the past, that doesn't matter. It's that we're, we've been good for a little while, so therefore go, we've been always good. We're going to go back 10 years or 11 years where we're 9-2. and two. Forget anything that happened before that. We are nine and You're two. You're talking about Michigan State now. Correct. Yes, that's exactly Correct. what I'm. What I mean. It doesn't matter in the total overall record. And if you put Detroit's total overall record, it's not all that good. Well, I think you got a, a better uh, example of the fans are just completely. I don't know about ignorant or stupid. Borderline. When we were kids watching the Yankees. They always won. And what did Detroit fans call them? Evil Empire. They always win. They always go out. They always sign that free agent. Uh, a a rod, you, it happened every single year. And Detroit Red Wings did that. In what is the difference between the Red Wings outside of the sport, the Red Wings and the Yankees? Not a darn thing. The owners want to win. Well, it, Illich brought in all those free agents, bought the cup one year. For like the one Yankees year, were for one year. Now, I'll give credit where credit's due. 97, 98 cups. Detroit was the best team. I don't think they were bought. I think that was the Russian five and their but, development. But during but all, they bought the 2002 cup. But okay, they bought that. But even with the Russians, they acquired Fatisov. They went out and did some free agent acquisitions that the Yankees always did. But the Yankees were bad for doing it. But when Detroit did it, no, oh, no, that's great. We're awesome. We're Detroit hockey town. We can do that. So one, in one sport, evil. How dare they do that? But in this town, as long as the Wings do it, fine and dandy. Now, I don't know how many years the Rangers tried to buy the cup and just failed. The Wings actually, Illich actually pulled it off one year. Brett Hall, Luke Robitaille. I think it was the Rangers who failed more. I think yeah, that no, was they the did. Whole, they yeah. failed a lot more. They're yeah. horrible. Illich actually pulled it off. He bought the, the free agents and with the Pavel Dadzuka drafting in the seventh or sixth round in Zetterberg, which was pretty good. That's what carried them for all those years. I still think developing the Russian Five is different, even through trades. I mean, that's their job. It's different than going out and buying the cup like they did when they got. uh, I agree with you. I agree. But you, but you could use an example where the Yankees did the same thing as the Russian Five, and yet they were bad. They were always evil for bringing in all kinds of free agents every year. Steinbrenner wanted to win. He didn't care about the luxury tax. Just win, win the series. How many times did he fire Martin for not winning and then hired him back? He was just mad. Well, I can throw that evil back onto them because the proper definition of evil is hating the good for being good. And if you hated the Red Wing, I mean, hated the New York Yankees because they were good, well then, it's not because of their vices, not because of their flaws, but you hated them because they were good, then you, my friend, are evil. If you listen to them now, because over the last, when the Tigers were relevant, they knocked the Yankees out. They won't shut up about that. 
But back in the day when it was always the Yankees, again, there's more parody now to where these fans, they have a, to where they think they have a chance, they have more of a say. Back in the day, it was always a certain Dodgers and the Yankees were always in the World Series. And you didn't have sports talk, so the fans couldn't weigh in like they do now. My point being is the Red Wing fans are hypocrites. Although when I did stay in Philadelphia for a while, they're pretty bad too. When you oh. throw batteries at Santa Claus in a football game, that's bad. And that's what they did. All right. And that wasn't very, very, very merry. You're right. And they don't like it being brought up either. You bring it up in Philadelphia, they'll get mad at you just for bringing it up. Here we go again. But you <laughs> did it. If you don't want to bring up, don't. If you don't want to be held accountable, don't do it. I know, I'm not going to say that Detroit Red Wings are the worst. They're not the worst, but I'm going to put them up the there. Best I'm going to put them up there as one of the no, worst. One of maybe I think Philadelphia hands down is the worst. In New England, they're 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 in a good. Again, I was there, and their team back in that day they were horrible, and they were uh, here we go upset because I was a Dolphin fan. All right, in New England, and they were horrible. That was back in the days when they had the guy bent over on the helmet. The sad part is I don't think it matters where you're at. If you go to a foreign uh, stadium no, and you wear a different jersey, you're going to get in trouble for it. Well, no, I, I've heard Green Bay is – that they're very courteous there. They, they do not – it's a fun time. That's from what I hear. People went to a Lambeau Field and watched a football game there. It wasn't anything like they experienced in Detroit or New York or San Francisco. It was really a fun time. But that's a different situation because that team is owned by stockholders, the fans. It's the only one in the NFL to where the, the, the actual fans, they could actually say, hey, I pay their salary if they own the stock. Because it literally, their GM, they answer to a board of directors. Like, and it's on the stock market too. Even there, I think it can flatten the issue. Just because you own stock doesn't mean you pay their salary. You can't say, I own Apple stock, so I pay. No, that's just so not true. Uh, but I'll give those no, guys. No, you are invested in the team. Absolutely, monetarily invested. But you can't say you pay but their salary. But I would give them more of a, a leverage over any other city that doesn't. You know, those guys, that city actually, they have a, an investing power in that team. That, that's one reason I bring that up. I understand, but I still think it's conflicting. In the two, but I get your point. I do. Now we get into uh, so the alcohol. This is where it really gets bad is the parents at the kids' game. Some of these um, on TV that I've watched, they, they turn into brawls. I've even heard of uh, parents going to the coach, I'm not bringing my son if you're not going to play him, questioning why didn't you play my son over that son, but yet when they were asked to coach, you know, crickets. They're too busy, couldn't do it. They literally are living through their kids at that game. And if a ref calls a bad call, they get they, – it has gone to violence. It, it starts at the kids' game, and these parents just take it too seriously. Oh, absolutely. If, you, if you're going to fight over results of your kid – I mean literally fist fight. I mean th- that is dis- disgusting. It's d- deplorable. It, it's. I actually – give me one that I lived through with uh, – when Nikki was a figure skater back when she was just five and six years old in that division – Tiny, tiny little girl. It's just, it was just cute seeing him out there. Well, she got first, and I think a girl from India got second. Her dad tore up that medal and just cursed the judges out. Five years old. From India or India? No, no, it was India. It was the world really? championships, yeah. Ooh. Yes. They had one from England. They were all over the world at this one. I never forget this guy because he had that thick Indian uh, Abu accent over literally his daughter not being the best. And he was yelling at the judges when they gave the award out, the medals. It kind of ruined Nikki's time because he was making a big scene over his daughter not getting the gold and Nikki got it. Again, a good example of a parent just living through. And most of it is they. They see some of these kids. Tiger Woods was the first one where his dad put him as a young age as a golfer, 
made, documented. He was on the Mike Douglas show and t- grows up to be a world-famous golfer, millions worth millions. Parents are saying, if I do that to my kid, my kid will make millions and I'll be taken care of. So they're really investing and making their kids, we talked about this, making their kids want to play just so they, they see that big payday. Whether the kid likes it or not, it's irrelevant. Wasn't that the... That we yeah, talked, to, we talked about this before. Absolutely, yes. Yeah. To where they, they take it too seriously. But I think there's where they're taking it. They invest all this money in training, and they make this all-star team, and they don't play enough. Parents take it personally and go after the coach. Or if a, another team checks... Their, their kid, and it was like the dirty play, and the parents go after each other. It's personal. It's not just against the coach. I've heard about parents going after the officials. Oh, the, I mean, especially the a, officials a, too. A, a high school official, the and they, they berate the, the high schooler, the young kid, because he's making a mistake. It's just for a game. Yeah. See, that's where it goes. What they don't understand. Right. We're talking game. about a game. And, and if you look at the huge picture of things, Games are meaningless. They they mean next to nothing. And yet you're gonna fight. You're gonna make a, a high school kid feel bad because he made a mistake. Yeah, we say it's meaningless, but the parents take it as meaningful because of the time they've invested and money. No, more importantly, no, no, no because I agree of with you. Emotion. That's what they get their emotion involved. Because if you are distant from it, even if it's you pay money, I mean, you can invest in a company and it fails. You know, why are they emotionally invested? Because they're vicariously living through their kid. Because they, they want to win the championship through their kid. That's emotion. But I also think that the training, the time they put into it, they expect to get the rewards from that. When they don't see it, the emotion kicks in. You take it to another level. And it's mostly disgusting what, what can happen if the parents get upset. I think it's like they're fans of their kid and only their kid, whatever it may be. But you're 100% like, correct. You know, I mean, it's like that's not how – team sports where you know they all got to be doing something for it to be a success and it really gets bad when you're on a travel team when all the kids are good they're picked hand picked and they're all good but yet the parents still think their kids better than that kid again but they're all good to begin with Mm -hmm. best of the best in most cases we play in high school you actually could sit the bench and never play a single inning in baseball i mean so you weren't you weren't guaranteed to play you may have gotten on the team but that doesn't mean you're going to play yeah but Back then, we, we got cut. They don't cut anymore. They're actually paying to play now. And Now we're getting back whole, into the participation trophies yeah, because it, you got to pay a certain amount of – play a certain amount of innings. And, and they, they won't cut because of the hurt feelings of the kid when they got cut. And I got cut. So yeah, then it hurts, the pro- but you go back and you're better the next year. You the just, premise says that you're agreeing with the participation trophy that you must play my kid no matter what. You're, you must – I don't care if you're good, look bad. At the, uh, you must play a certain amount of The time. Little League World Series. I mean, I like watching it, but I hate the rule where every kid's got to at least bat, run. Or, I mean, even the end of the bench, they got to play a field. I mean, it, it gives it, to coach it like that, especially for a world championship. You're playing Japan, and now you got to worry about because you didn't play this kid, you know, one inning or one at bat. You got to get him in there, and you got to take your best player out. I mean, I, I, that rule I don't like. Well, the huge loophole that is just have him be a pinch runner. Just go have them run for one. You know, I have to look up. I have to look up the exact rule. <laughs> yes, exactly. But it's pretty technical. I mean, but again, just to run. I mean, you have to make them just to, just to pinch run. But I think it's more than just pinch running. The point I'm bringing up is it's the participation that kid has to play when he's not the best, but he has to play. They're forcing the coach's hand, and that can literally sometimes cost that championship. And again, this is competitive at the highest level for these kids. It's the Little League World Series. They're playing Japan, Thailand, especially when it gets to the uh, international play. No, I agree. I agree. It gets back to the participation trophies. 
but the when the when the parents get involved especially when like you said earlier they don't they don't step up to coach they don't step up to, to do third base coaching or first base coaching you know the simplest of and they'll coaching, be asked and yet too. They'll, they'll complain when they're kids they will become they'll come up, they'll be approached to a coach or volunteer to do something, and they will give any kind of excuse what they have going on, their life, their jobs, what have you. But yet when it comes time to where they see their kid didn't get in or they only play hockey's the best because you go in there for 45-second shifts. You know, I, I heard one son didn't, he only skated three minutes. He told the coach or he texted the coach, couldn't even tell him, had to text him that if he uh, if, if someone's going to play three minutes, he wasn't going to drive an hour and a half to the game anymore. And this was a travel High level of travel league. These are all the best kids playing. Think about that. Now, now you have to worry about this kid not coming because the parent just gave you a text. He didn't play enough. I don't know how coaches can get can do with it. it. I don't know how. It made me not want to coach. I did that for Richie when I coached him. When the other parents get involved, I got disinterested. Just walked away because yet they didn't want to do it. But yet when they seen I was doing something they didn't agree with, they let me know. It just got real frustrating. So I could see where the coaches would just walk away and not want to participate. I was reading an article in Forbes. Um, they were interviewing uh, Justine Guber, who a- actually wrote an article who uh, exposed Trestle, and she got harassed by fans in Ohio State. But she she wrote a, good, a book. Another good example. Oh, absolutely. But she wrote a book, and she there she asked what the. They asked her what the what she thought the absolute worst was. I actually think the worst fans of all maybe youth sports parents who threaten refs, berate their children, and occasionally lets fist, fist fly. When parents exhibit poor sportsmanship on the sideline, they teach their kids to follow in their disgraceful footsteps. If parents are raising next generation sport fans in their own shadow, it doesn't bode well for those who will be sitting in the stands in the coming years. She's 100% correct because it has gotten worse over the years. Back when you and I were little, we played nothing like that. Nothing. Oh, you had your parents yell, but we'd never, there'd never been fistfights. I mean, and they wouldn't yell at the coach. Yeah, yeah. Certain levels to this. But they wouldn't threaten the coach or if the coach cut them. I mean, heaven forbid if they cut the kid these days. How the parents are going to go up to the coach, how can you cut my kid? He's better than that kid. We got cut and would man up. Don't cry over it. Try again next year. I remember getting cut from basketball. I had no business being <laughs> on the team. I got cut. I told my dad, our dad, it's like either try better next year or don't play anymore. It's just, uh, it's he true. didn't go get in Coach Taylor's face. He just let it go. Well, that's the whole point. Back then, it was a different culture. I mean, heck, at that school we're talking about, uh, Sister Veronica was the principal. And I remember my first day when I went in there, she had that uh, paddle, the oar above her desk and she made it clear that she hated any water uh, activity whatsoever and it wasn't there for a canoe it was discipline now they say that now they're gonna have a social worker calling them going to that school they're gonna be suing them now i'm going to bet now, that school isn't open anymore but if it was that or would not be up in that wall anymore times have changed i think you brought it up of a pc well we came we went to school at the very end of corporal punishment especially in the catholic school we went to i remember when we first got there, the, the teachers were still flicking the kids in the back of their ears to get really? them to, to pay attention. Oh, yeah. 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 So, I mean, we – but that was at the very end of it. It sort of went out two or three years later and that you never saw that anymore. But that was – Very, again, very it's end. A, correct. It's a different generation. They they believed that that's what it took to make kids so, to do but, better. But that article is correct. It is getting worse because the kids that were raised that way back then have now turned in 
10 times worse to where it's leading to threatening the officials, following their cars, other parents if they, the kid did some what they perceived to be a dirty play. It's literally chaos. Well, she's right. It doesn't bode well for future generations. What are they going to turn into? It's only be? going to be 100 times worse. It's only going to get worse until they realize, someone realizes that's got to stop and it's only a game. It's just, like you said, it's a game. Someone's got to lose. But yet when they walk into this game and they're so vilif- they have to get their anger out because they lost, not realizing someone has to lose and someone has to win. But in this case, like when I went to the Lion game, they still won. They still berated me. So it didn't even matter if they won or lost. The alcohol took over, and because I was wearing the opposite colors, and even then the Lions never won a damn thing. And yet I got berated. These guys are cheering for history losers, and I'm the one that's an idiot. I, I think it boils down to emotionalism. I really well, that's do. what it is. It's it all hurts emotions. to lose. It does. It always hurts to lose. But the rational people, the non-emotional, will take that loss as a lesson and say, what can I do to, to improve? What, what, did I, what mistakes did I make and how can I win next time? It's the emotional ones that say, no, my kid can never lose. My kid cannot be hurt that way. He must be coddled. He must be always given a trophy. And Correct. Coming up. And that's where it starts. And like that lady writes, it's going to get worse. Until we realize, again, get the emotions out, it's only a game. I don't see that happening anytime too soon. I see sports radio getting bigger and bigger, and even more, even Super Bowl. We talked about it earlier. There's Super Bowl parties now. People aren't just watching the game. They're going for the party and the commercials. Ryan, do you ever go to professional MMA or UFC? Have you ever... No, I've never been to a UFC, but, I mean, I've been to, like, pro leagues around here and stuff like How are that, the fans so... in – they're intense, you know, but it's, it's uh, I, I mean, I could even take it at like the UFC level where you saw um, like Conor McGregor and stuff, you know, he had like the Irish fan base and stuff like that. And like, what's it got alcohol infused? True. And like, I remember it was probably Rogan talking about it, but um, it was one of his fights, uh, whatever. He won, obviously, he knocked this guy out or something, but like they were just talking about how, because it was in Vegas and like, they just had all these just incidents of people like his fan base just going nuts. Like they just were just destroying hotels, just like, you know, because they were so happy he won this big fight that was going on. And it was just all Irish people <laughs> because for Conor McGregor, they just showing you like even for a win, you know, fans can still get crazy. And you know, well, you bring up yeah. the foreign influence. What about uh, soccer or, or, yeah, or football. I mean, I mean those those guys really get rowdy. Yeah. And How many like hooligan kind of stuff? Yeah. Exactly. How many times have we seen a ref being chased <laughs> after the game was over and the fans were so pissed because they, whatever, lost that game and the guy in the yellow jersey, the ref, is running out in the chance. The fans are chasing him. Look, soccer, I mean, I'm talking the world soccer. I, I don't like watching it. But those fans, those guys take it to the even next yeah, level, which I haven't. Scary. Yeah. Well, what you're adding, especially when it comes to like Olympic and world soccer, you're adding nationalism to it. So if your team, if France loses to England, there's a lot of history involved yeah. in that. So you're adding, no, but besides the alcohol, I see what you're saying, but this is like the, uh, I, I don't know the leagues, the Italian league, the European league. They're not, it's not a country based. Well, you brought up world. That's why I thought Correct. Olympic style. That's... I remember a Brazil player who wasn't for a world competition. He got killed because he missed a penalty shot. They shot him. They killed him. The fans shot the guy. I can't, I don't have, I didn't look that up. I probably should have. But those soccer fans, they take it, what we're talking about, to a whole nother level, scary level. I mean, I've seen fireworks go off in the stands in England because Liverpool lost. 
<laughs> it was just one big flannel, if you recall that or not. It was a couple years ago. They just went crazy. Something happened with the ref making a call, and they set that building on fire. It was in the stands. Then a couple of people got trampled. Again, they take it to a whole nother level. Yeah, it's crazy. It, it is very crazy. Well, back to the MMA. Do they – do the fans themselves – because we're talking intense fighting. Yeah. Do, do they – It's way more personal too because, I mean – Unless they are like again, I haven't seen them at these like UFC levels, so it's more or less a lot of your friends and family and like your gym and stuff that's gonna probably be there to watch you and like you know vice versa with your opponent. So you know, and this goes with like uh, different backgrounds and stuff. With um, you know, people just have giant families, so they'll have like hundreds and hundreds of their family members there. So you know, they don't want to see this fighter lose in any way or get hurt even though that's what it is so you're talking, so it gets it just gets it can get I, i've seen fights break out and you know get so squirrely. it does happen oh, all the time yeah, but you bring up the families or the gyms those are tiny nationalities yeah. it's not a nation state but it's still a tiny i don't want to use tribe but it is a, a group i think with family they're well, close th- once again yeah. that's another nationality the, the gyms are a lot better at it because they understand it as a sport and it's like Unless it's a really messed up call, you know, some coaches and uh, trainers, you know, might get in a rough face or something. But it's like more or less it's you lost, you lost or you won, you won. And they're like, all right, you know, let's move on from that. So but like families and like friends kind of usually don't get that. That's like kind of what I observed in those situations. They think even the guy gets like totally KO'd and lost like 100 percent. They're like, what the heck? The only reason I even brought it up in the the first place was. MMA style fighting is intense, and you would figure that the fights would break out in their stands instead of at a baseball game. Yeah, that, that's so that's why I asked the question. Yeah, I mean, I've seen I've seen fights at fights. <laughs> you have? Oh yeah, I believe it, but I just it, it's violent to begin with. Well, they think yeah. they could fight, yeah, right? That's is that what it true. is? Yeah, you know, and friends talk and crap to each other. Well, but and... these guys are trained. I mean, they can do some stuff, you know, like yeah. kicking and stuff. But and... these are the people that aren't trained. That's what I mean. Yes, yes, that's what I'm talking yes. about. I've seen moms throw down. I've seen girlfriends. Like it's See, gotten... it's prevalent in all of society. It doesn't matter yeah. what the sport is. Yeah, it's, fans... it's all the same thing it comes down to. So, yeah, Well, most of the time, they feel they were ripped off for whatever reason they lost. Or their team they were choosing for, fighter were choosing for, lost for whatever yeah. reason. The ref did something wrong. That's why it's bad to be a ref now. And I'm... That'd be a it's, scary job. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, most of the sports that can, baseball will go to computerized referees. I think that see that coming because I don't know how you could do that in MMA, could you? I mean, I, or any I mean, wrestling for that. Matter. I don't see how you could just do that in general. Like, I mean, obviously, it, baseball could be dumb. It could be absolutely. Well, you watch baseball; they got the box now on TV that yeah. says strikes. It shows you where the ball went. Yeah. If you have a real time computer there, where someone's sitting there, they could instead of being behind the plate, they could be sitting in the stand saying, "Yeah, that was a strike. That was a ball." So it's possible in baseball. Maybe football. I, I just don't understand how it would be in. in I mean, even in tennis, you see the computers. Yeah. You see the where the ball hit outside the line. So even it's possible there. I just don't know about wrestling or, or MMA yeah. or those see, types. Yeah, boxing. I, I don't. Boxing, I yes. don't know how they could do it. 
I'm sure they'd find a way, but yeah, I don't even football, yeah, I don't hockey. Yeah. I don't see how they could do it, but baseball, yeah, because I also there's something they're uh, trying to design in the cleats and the bases where they have sensors, so the tag outs and stuff to where you don't need a human being to actually be there. It's all computerized. My question: if it do, so they're gonna riot now because so, of a computer? Yeah, I, I was, I was, I was, I was just the robots have taken over. Yeah. I was just gonna bring up that they call that third strike, and the robot called it because it hit. That millimeter on the outside plate, that player is still going to throw that bat at whatever camera. Oh, because, yeah, yeah. But we're talking emotion. I think this boils exactly. down to I really do. The problem is, of course it is yeah. instead of being irrational beings, we're being emotional beings. I also think, I don't want to blame money, but back in the day, there wasn't a lot of money in these championships. Now there's just so much money. These guys feel, I've lost millions because you, you took it from but me. Is that an emotional reaction or a rational one? Even with well, the, it's, even it's irrational, the but I think the emotion comes into they lost millions of dollars because okay, they so lost still that game. An emotional Correct. reaction. Back, it doesn't. Well, back in the day, Al Kaline turned a million dollars down. There wasn't a lot of money in these uh, championship games. It wasn't a big deal. I think he did it's it for huge. the love of the game. I mean, if you really love to play, the money doesn't matter how, as much. How many players today play for they love the game? They get. It's, I can't think of one. Yeah, I don't know. In basketball, it's the worst, but because uh, the uh, ceiling next year for the salary cap is going to be enormous to where you got bench players making astronomical salaries. It's not like that in baseball, only the few. But in basketball, yes. And then if they win, the, yeah, they get more bonuses they go through. And these guys are saying, I mean, the funny part was Deion Sanders. Now, this is all funny, but it's kind of where the money comes in and emotion. When they go to the uh, Pro Bowl, okay, they're obviously not going to the Super Bowl. They go down there, and Deion Sanders was, he goes, after the first few times I realized, I told my wife I got to the Pro Bowl, and it was like, ah. Oh, the in-laws are going to want to come in my family. So they go down there, and it's in Hawaii. And at the end of the third quarter, that's just a fun game. But the third quarter, guys, we have to win. I need that 60000 to pay for my in-laws who just came down. So it boils down to that bonus for winning the – and the NFL is the worst all-star game of all the sports. But now all of a sudden it gets competitive because the in-laws came and he doesn't – he has to spend that check. So it's money, the emotion of okay. what they – I think I can come up with one person who – does play for a love of the sport. Detroit fans are going to hate me for this one, but Sidney Crosby, he took him way less, way less than he could take uh, as far as market value goes. In, in the same argument, Eisenman was the and, same way. I mean, I, I put Eisenman Well, he doesn't play anymore. Right, I mean, but I'd I put mean, him, currently. I put him there, though. But that, the point is, they're there, but they're rare. And if we were more like him and, and the fact that we didn't, no, we didn't get an emotionally attached to money. I, I agree, but I think as much. most of the people, and I'll go on a limb and say 75% are like Antonio Brown. Oh, I'm not, oh, I, I, don't, want, I don't give me the money. I'm, and if I'm I just saying there is the rare instance where there is one and, or two. And that, because you didn't vote me most valuable player, I'm out of here. This isn't my team anymore. I think a lot of the people are going that route. Isn't this emotions? I, was, I think the I was just gonna say is that emotion. It, people are using their emotion more than their Keep reason. your emotions in check and realize that when you lose, someone will come up tomorrow, you go back and get them. You don't have to get mad at the opposing team because you lost. I mean, again, Ohio State fans, when Urban Meyer and that whole thing was going out about the uh, coach who was beating his wife, they gave every excuse. They were willing to accept this guy now because he was a great coach. You know, you got to come down and say, no, we don't want that. Go, see you later. Uh, this is going to be high-level philosophy, so it's time for people to get bored now. But I think it's, this is a result of the postmodernist philosophy where it's anti-reason, anti-science, anti-renaissance, anti-enlightenment. That's all you're hearing in the news today is just what you just said. It's everything exactly everywhere. It. We live in a postmodernist philosophy world. 
and that and most people don't even know what the hell I'm talking about. If I yeah. said it to them, they wouldn't even know. And they what, just turned off the show because you said that. <laughs> well, they may have, but what it is is what I just said. It's anti-reason. And what we talked about today was anti-reason. It's all emotion. Reason doesn't come into play whatsoever. If that's how important philosophy is. You live your life by a philosophy. The only choice is which one. I agree. So at the end, I think we got to get it in check and we got to get uh, rein our emotions in and take these losses a little bit better. I totally agree. Totally agree. Well, we listen to the Grand Design Podcast. I'll let you uh, know one more time. Uh, you can get in touch with us at granddesignspodcast.com. Our uh, email is granddesigns at yahoo, granddesignspodcast, sorry, at yahoo.com. Uh, Instagram is Grand Designs Podcast, and you can follow us on Twitter at Grand Designs Pod. Grand Designs Pod. This is the Grand Design Podcast. Who are you listening to?